The sounds of Christchurch city centre today. It's more than eight years since the earthquakes destroyed hundreds of buildings and left the CBD empty and silent. $40 billion has been poured into rebuilding it. For the past eight years, we have been focused on building. We needed the fundamentals. We needed our roads repaired. We needed our sewerage and wastewater repaired. We needed our homes repaired. The site of the CTV building where the largest number of people died in the Christchurch earthquake is about to be opened as a memorial garden. 115 people lost their lives in that building when it collapsed on February 22nd, 2011. And then as we moved through that phase and people had somewhere safe and warm and weather tight to live, uh, we then started to build the civic facilities that we needed, replacing the library and repairing the town hall. We declare the Christchurch Town Hall officially reopened. We now need to activate and stimulate and make sure there's the vibrancy and the population base and the activity to sustain that investment. I'm Sharon Brett Kelly and today I'm in Ototahi Christchurch for the detail. When I was last here three years ago, it was still full of orange cones and rubble on vacant sites and it was eerily quiet. A lot's changed, but there are new challenges now. Its population is ageing, it faces a dire shortage of workers and it's suffering from a lack of confidence. And the message is, act now or the city will go backwards. This is not a crisis by any means. This is yeah. not a burning crisis platform. This is just an opportunity to contribute more significantly to the national economy. We're New Zealand's second largest city and it's time for us to act like that and for us to be viewed like that. That's where Joanna Norris comes in. She came here in 2012 as the Christchurch Press Editor. Now she's the CEO of Christchurch NZ. That's the city's economic development agency. She's showing me where the billions have been spent and why the city's at a tipping point. We moved our family down here. We couldn't find anywhere to live. The community was heartbroken. People were moving around the city there was this enormous sort of enormously challenging time and I remember arriving and came into the central city which was still cordoned off and we had to walk through cordons past tanks to get to um, our offices yeah and it was like I've spent some time in the Middle East and it was it was like being in the Middle East there were buildings that were still standing but destroyed and or in the process of demolition and it was it was incredible why is it now that you think that it's at a tipping point, is it because of the forty billion? No, it's really because of the nature of that that we've built so far, but also um, the opportunity we have to actually stimulate and sustain that. So, our central city really has only been truly activated in the past two years. Um, so, our retail precinct, some of the major retail developments, opened around two years ago. Um, our central city library opened just over a year ago. The major Hoyts facility was about the same time. And then this beautiful facility that we're sitting within, which is the Riverside Market, they're all pieces of the puzzle that we needed to actually be a mature and grown-up city. And what we've seen is with every one of those openings, there's been a subsequent re-engagement with the city. And we're also seeing our visitor economy really really substantially recover. And, oh, and the other piece, of course, is the hotels. So we're seeing the hotels um, start to open up. So they're all things you actually need for a, a mature, grown-up city, and we've now got those. So now it's about well, what, how do we start to face the future and talk about a different type of economy. There's a lot of cities around Australasia 
who really envy now what we've got here because they are suffering a different type of infrastructure challenge. We've done around 50 years of infrastructure build within just eight years and we've now got a modern fit-for-purpose infrastructure, whereas other cities are having to deal with significant challenges around infrastructure, whether it's uh, runways that are too short or buildings that are closed because they are quake-prone or whether it's roads that are purely choked and congested. We don't have those challenges, and that's... um, it means it's a great place to live and to do business and to move around. And You're good at promoting. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. It is my job to promote the city, yeah. um, but I have always been an advocate of the city. I live here because I choose to live here. I, I could live anywhere in the world, and I have done, but I choose here, and so therefore I'm an advocate as a resident. In its promotion brochure, the agency talks up things like the cheap cost of living compared with Sydney, Auckland and Wellington, house prices that are lower than the national median, and its top global ranking for starting a business. Trouble is, not enough people know about the opportunities, so the agency's pushing something called... Supernodes. Often they're called um, industry clusters. I've never heard of super node. Where does that come from? What, what does it actually, I actually mean? I actually don't know that you, how we started calling our super nodes super nodes. Um, what they are is industry groupings that are connected to our tertiary sector and areas where we have regional strength, um, tertiary strength, research strength, industry capability that are also aligned with future global growth opportunities. We've got a lot of strength within our economy within sectors that are prone for disruption and so it's important that we re-engineer our economy so it's much more forward-facing than we have been historically. We'll hear more about where those super nodes fit into Christchurch's economic growth plan as we walk around the city. I'm just going to navigate through this crowd of people. We head out of the Riverside Market. That's across the road from the $300 million Justice Precinct. And this was one of the major anchor projects, government-led anchor projects in Christchurch and um, one of the earliest to be completed. And this has brought together the emergency services and our justice system, so the Ministry of Justice and our courts, all into one building. And it's a pretty incredible facility. Was that controversial for a while? Was that one um, of the Fletchers? There was a, a small amount of controversy... It proved to be immaterial in time, but like everything, everyone's got an opinion on things. The controversy was over long delays and cost overruns. The main contractor, Fletcher Building, had to fork out an extra $100 million on it. But then just about every major building in this city has a story. So we're just going to walk along the banks of the Avon Otakaru River, which of course has always been the heart of Christchurch City, and um, the Avon River is one of the icons of the city. And we've got a helpfully, we have a brass band. (laughs) We're just passing the Bridge of Remembrance, which is on the banks of the Avon. It's always been an important civic site, and we're very fortunate that it's one of our important heritage locations. It's standing here. So it's the old and the new, all Mm. in one location, right in the heart of the city. You did an opinion piece in the press talking about people's perception and also locals and why they don't have the confidence to push the city? Yeah. What we're seeing is um, a number of different cohorts emerging. There are a group of people who are intensely excited about the city that we've created, who really understand the opportunity of what we've going on here and who value of the attributes of the new city and who are just on this, this journey of, of, of hope and aspiration. And then there are others who 
have had uh, difficult experiences through the quake period or are mourning for the things that we've lost as a city. And I, I'm really respectful of both of those groups because they've had different experiences over the last eight years. And if any of us reflect on our childhood and then think for a moment what it would be like to lose all of the important buildings that sat within your childhood memories you yeah. can just imagine how heartbreaking that would be for people and then you layer over the top of that some of the challenges that people had with their insurers um, as they sought to rebuild their homes and you can understand the kind of grief that people have had to move through and that can cloud your perception when new things emerge because mm. it's something that may feel unfamiliar you, you don't understand how to drive there or you don't understand how to, where to park once you get there and that can be really challenging for people until you form new memories and new ways of engaging sure but yeah. why why is that important well because economies are built on confidence and whether it's consumer confidence or business confidence you need to be confident in the future of a place to actually choose to invest in it and to um, to grow your business within it or even participate in civic life and if you don't have confidence then that forms a shaky foundation for the decisions that you make in life or in business. So building resident advocacy is for us a tool not only to ensuring that people have better lives and better experiences within the economy but actually it's important for the economy itself. Does a lack of confidence stop people from spending money? Spending money. Yep. It's as simple as that. So we're just standing on the corner of Worcester Boulevard and Cambridge Terrace and this, we're looking down at the cathedral which is, was significantly damaged in the quake and mm. has become, for many people outside the city, an icon of uh, our quake experience. It is a really powerful scene, the gaping hole of the cathedral. It certainly gives a very clear view of the scale of the experience here. What's going to happen to it, though? <laughs> the cathedral is being restored and um, we're just walking through group of visitors. So the cathedral is being restored. It's a process that will take many years and indeed decades uh, because it's an important historic building and it needs to be treated with a great deal of care throughout that restoration process. In tomorrow's podcast, I'll be looking in depth at the different fates of Christchurch's two big cathedrals. Um, but the decision has been made to restore it rather than replace it with a new building and I, I feel that's a really appropriate decision for our city because it is one of the important cultural icons of our city both from a religious point of view but as a civic building it's, it's part of the history and fabric of our, of our city. And again, a lot of debate around that. <laughs> we do love a good debate here in yeah, Christchurch. Yeah, <laughs> uh, And I think that's a sign of a really healthy democracy that people... Are, are really happy to talk about their views and um, and we take into account a wide diversity of viewpoints and that was certainly my experience when I was editing the press. Yes. So we're just going to swing over here uh-huh. because as a um, bit of a nerd for the written word, this is one of my favourite places in the city. Do you spend a lot of your day talking about these things so you... <laughs> You know, you must have certain phrases that you do um, kind of use. Fall back on. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, I do spend my entire day and, and much of the nights thinking about um, the economy and the experience of people within the economy. And we've developed a really consistent set of guidelines for us so that we are really deliberate in what we do, so we're not random. And so yeah. that's one of the things I will say will be boringly consistent because we're really clear about what we're going to get done. What do you do with your days? What what is your job? You have a lot of meetings I think. (laughs) (laughs) 
I do spend a lot of time talking to people from outside of the city uh, about the opportunities that we have here. Yeah, investment opportunities. Um, yeah, so if I think about my day today, for example, so it started with a meeting uh, of my team, which is a standard meeting that we have every week, uh, then segued into a meeting with the Lord Mayor of Adelaide, who is here to look at some of the experiences that, that we've had and some of the commonalities between our economies. Uh, I then moved into a meeting with the Chief Executive of the Crusaders um, because the Crusaders are a really important part of our civic landscape. Really, really powerful super brand within our city and so Colin and I will, will, will often talk a lot about how his team is centred in this place and the way that we communicate consistently. And then later this afternoon... I'm then talking to my counterparts in Auckland and Wellington uh, about the role that cities play within the national economy, and that's ahead of a meeting that we're having with the Minister for Economic Development. And then um, my last meeting of the day is with the board of ASB, and um, the reason we're talking to uh, people like ASB is we are very, very keen to ensure that all of the big corporates in New Zealand understand that Christchurch is an ideal place to base large parts of their workforce. So this is uh, Tūranga, our new oh. central library, and as you can hear, it doesn't sound like a traditional library. There's, it's a hub of activity. People come together, they play chess. Just up here we've got a whole floor dedicated to children. And then the further up you get, the quieter it gets. And so the spaces to reflect and look out over the city, to work and even to read. And it is, it is so beautiful because it's this lovely light, natural wood, lots of windows. And so it feels almost like you're outside. And in fact you can go further up onto the roof where there's a rooftop garden and um, you actually are outside. Oh yeah. That's a live performance. <laughs> live performances everywhere. I know, we do like, we do like a little bit of entertainment. It's, the role of our agency is to sustainably grow the economy and what that means is that we will, will work with the private sector to stimulate activity either where there's market failure or where there's an opportunity to do things that are uh, bigger or better than they would be without our intervention. And that's, that's economic development sure. defined. Yeah. So, so this that, is that's the press just there. And that was one of the few buildings that was open in the central city in 2012 and it really stood as an island. Um, none, of, none of the things that are around us now, were, other than the ones that are ruins, um, yeah. were actually here at that time. Pretty crazy. And this... This area here, what would you call it? This is an undeveloped site and part of it has been, I think landscaped is probably a little strong, but there's some small gardens that we can see on our left. And then actually just through there you can see, uh, this is a really fun space, it's called the Dancer Mat. And it's one of the transitional projects that was done in the city um, in the early, early post-quake days. And you can actually take your iPhone over there yeah. and plug it in and it will play music through that and people dance on the dancer mat. <laughs> this oh, is a site that's still to be developed. I see. So it can be utilised for whoever needs it. The interesting thing is that there's a sign there that says explore our central city. Yep. Now explore, that is like a new word for Christchurch. So city of exploration. I'm so glad you asked. The theme of exploration has always been with us and it's linked to the history of the people who came here, Naitahu who travelled here uh, to trade Ponamu on the banks of the Otokaru River through to the European settlers who travelled on these incredible voyages across the sea on wooden boats not really sure where they were going there's a this sense of exploration that runs right through our history from the Antarctic explorers Shackleton and Scott who leapt off here to explore the Antarctic 
and then through to modern day exploration, which is the exploration of business, of opportunity, of innovation, and the exploration that we have have gone through as a consequence of our quake experience, having to redefine who we are as a city. But is it like your new banner? No, we don't believe that city slogans work because you can't ever find a, a, a slogan that defines an entire city. It doesn't replace Garden City? Absolutely not. So the Garden City is really, really powerful for people. So what we're saying with the sense of exploration is that we want people to come here and explore. Ōtoutahi, Christchurch, our city is founded on the spirit of exploration. When do you use that? So we'll use it in our international marketing. It is embedded in our city's DNA. The spirit of exploration is in all of us. It's a slightly different message for different audiences. Uh, but we also use it internally. Uh, we ran a campaign last, uh, last winter, the winter we've just had, where we invited our residents to come and explore the central city because yeah. there were people who had never been back to the central city since it it kind of regrew. Our history was shaped by it. Our present is built on it and our future will be created by it. Uh, And then we partner with a lot of our strategic partners like our national airline in New Zealand. Um, We did a major campaign with Air New Zealand this year and that campaign was around the theme of explore something new and um, in New Zealand, we're really jazzed by that because it was an opportunity to introduce new uh, travellers and um, to increase passengers into, into Christchurch. Explore. Ōtoutahi. Christchurch. So Explore has great utility in a city that is new and emerging and redefining itself. Where are we now? Because look, we're looking at two big, huge cranes <laughs> yeah. in a half-built... Building. Yeah, so this we're standing outside the uh, Tapai Convention Centre. Christchurch's new $400 million convention centre is starting to take shape. That will be able to host 1,400 convention delegates in any one sitting. The enormous building next door to Cathedral Square is one of the city's most anticipated post-quake projects. This is getting a lot of international attention because people are excited about the possibility of bringing conventions to Christchurch, to a new convention centre, um, because of our proximity to the rest of the South Island. The finished project expected to pump 90 to $100 million into the local economy every year. Business events are an important part of our supernodes. We're looking to attract business events and conventions that support a growth and expertise around those areas of the economy where we're seeking to transition to a new future. Right, what are your biggest challenges? <laughs> We've built or are building uh, these tremendous facilities and we now need to grow the scale and volume of both the economy but also the population. We estimate we need another 100,000 over the next 10 years. The second challenge is starting to face the future with much more confidence and if I had a silver bullet it would that we shift confidence in the city immediately because we have a strong and robust diverse economy, we have the fundamentals of, of an incredible uh, grown up city and now we just need people to see the opportunity that we have here. So the other challenges, we, we talked a little bit about the ageing demographic and what that means is that we're actually facing a, a workforce gap. We predict we have a workforce gap of around 76,000 workers over the next 15 years. So, so what that means is that doing nothing 
to stimulate the economy will mean we, we go backwards. So why aren't more people moving here? Well, we are seeing a good growth in terms of population increase, economic activity, and our, our visitor economy is growing at a faster rate than the national visitor economy. So this is not a crisis by any means. This is yeah. not a burning platform. This is just an opportunity to contribute more significantly to the national economy. We're New Zealand's second largest city, and it's time for us to act like that and for us to be viewed like that. That's the detail for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund. Hit the subscribe button to stay across the detail every day. And if you're on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners find us. This episode was engineered by Rangi Poek and produced by Alexia Russell. Thanks to Joanna Norris. And you're listening to a live RNZ recording of Christchurch band Salmonella Dub with the NZSO. Ka nui tēnei.